welcome you in this place right now. We welcome you. Fill us right now fresh. Come on, right where you are. Just invite the Holy Spirit to fill you fresh. Holy Spirit, we receive your wisdom today. We receive your counsel today. Holy Spirit, we receive your leadership today. You are our guide. You are our God. You are our leader. So before we get into the word, before we we talk about what you're speaking to us as a church today, God, we invite you. We submit to you and to what you're saying. And I pray for every individual, every person right now that's watching, that's listening, that you would speak, that we would hear what you have to say. Holy Spirit, we we, we invite your word. We invite your, your leading. We open our ears. We open our eyes. We soften and open up our hearts to receive all that you have for us. And God, we thank you that when you speak a word, when you speak vision, when you begin to lead us in the way that we should go, when you show us things to come, it's for our good. It's, it's, it's not for our destruction, but it's always for our good. It's for the advancement of us and others and the kingdom especially and so we invite you into every area God I pray where people are lacking understanding people are lacking wisdom even in this season with so much uncertainty so many opinions so many theories so many thoughts racing through our heads and and so many words coming at us from all kinds of directions God we declare right now that your counsel will stand that your word will stand forever And so I pray that where there is the lacking of wisdom, that you would bring it, God. Where there is lacking of understanding, that you would bring it. And Lord, build our faith today. And bring breakthrough to us in our lives, God, we pray. In Jesus' name. So thankful for the Holy Spirit that he's here to to lead us, to comfort us, to show us the way that we should go. And, you know, last week we started this series called The Plan, and really we're talking about what is God speaking to us as a church right now, but not just to us as a church corporately, but he's also speaking to us individually. And we're going to continue this series, and and as, as we continue to open the word up, as we share today our vision of what we're going after in this new season as a church, I invite you to open up your hearts and ask the Holy Spirit, what is he saying to you individually? What's your part to play? How do you jump in to what God's doing with us corporately? And what does he want to do with you individually? So I want to jump right into the word right now. You know, Ecclesiastes chapter three, verses one and two says this. It says, for everything, there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest. You know, you could be doing the right thing at the wrong time. There's, there's an activity that has been set and there's a, there's a right activity for the right time. And, you know, so often we can find ourselves uh, doing the right thing. We're, we're going after what seems to be right because it is the right thing. It's the good thing to do, but the timing is off. And so it's so important for us to hear the leading of the Holy Spirit, to hear what he's speaking to us about our lives, about our church, what he wants to do amongst us. And so so we have to know what's the season and what's called for the season. What's the activity for the season? We have to know what God is saying to us right now. And for our church, we have to find out. We have to know what are you saying to us right now with so much uncertainty. I love the fact that, that, that in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst where, where it seems like everything is up in the air, everything's up for grabs, 
where people are saying that this is the most important election that we've that we've ever had. I, I think I've heard that at every election, uh, that at every election year, that this is the most important election. And it, it's probably true. But it just seems like when we have times where there's where there's a pivoting moment where we're shifting and we're changing, it can feel like there's so much ambiguity. There's so much uncertainty. But I'm so thankful that Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would lead us into all truth, that he would show us the way to go and that he would never leave us, that he would be with us all the way to the end. He doesn't just tell us to go, but he goes with us and he shows us exactly what to do. And this is what we're seeing in Ecclesiastes here, that that there's a, there's a time to plant, there's a time to harvest, there's a time to be born, there's a time to die. Listen, for every season, for every season, there's an activity. And so what is God speaking to us about this season? It's time to plant. That's what God is speaking to us about. It's time to plant. In fact, that's the title of this message is in this season, this is our time to plant. This is our time to plant. You know, many people will say that it's not time to plant. It's not time to to launch out right now. And, And for them, that may be correct. But this is why we have to ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying to us? You know, in fact, it could almost seem like there's never really a good time to plant. But I believe that God is speaking to our church and he's speaking to us individually that this is the time to sow. This is the time to launch out. This is the time to, to plant. You know, maybe this is the time for you to start a business. You've been wondering and God is saying, start your business or invest or sow or start your family or have that baby or get married, right? Or establish something. And right now, God is speaking to us as a church, established right now. You know, so many people would say, hold on, we just don't know what it's going to look like after November 3rd. We just don't know what's going to look like in this fall. We don't know when the vaccine is going to be ready. We don't know what the economy is going to be like. Just kind of sit still and stall. And that's, and that's fine if some people want to do that. But we have to know, what are you saying, God? Are you saying to sit? Are you saying to wait? Or are you saying to run? Are you saying to plant? Are you saying to water? And right now, God is speaking to us and he's saying it's time to plant. You know, we can't make decisions solely based on circumstances. It doesn't work that way. We have to make our decisions based on the word of the Lord. You know, my wife and I, Rachel and I, we, we learned years ago, in fact, we made the decision that we'll never make a decision out of pressure, out of fear, or what everybody else is doing, but we'll always make a decision off the word of the Lord. I live my life. We live our lives based off of words of the Lord for every season. God, what are you saying right now? And, and every time that we go before God, it's amazing. We hear what he's saying. And sometimes it doesn't make sense in the moment. And then all of a sudden, just like Habakkuk says, that in the end, the vision will speak. And so we'll start doing and being obedient to what God's saying to do now because he's got something lined up for the future. What does he have lined up for us in the future? I believe he has great things lined up for the future for us. I want to read the story in Genesis chapter 26. And this is a story of, you know, there's Abraham, the father of our faith, right? That, you know, Abraham had many sons and many sons have father Abraham. Everybody knows that song, right? Abraham is the, the, is the, the father of our faith, we would say. And he had a son named Isaac. And it, it, we pick up the story and we see something going on in Isaac's life right now. In Genesis chapter 26, verse one, it says this. It says, there was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. So his father had already gone through a a famine before. This isn't that same famine, but it's amazing that the son had to go through a famine as well. So the son, Isaac, is, is in the same place as Abraham. So it says there was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I shall tell you. 
Dwell in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants, I give all these lands, and I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham, your father. And then we jump down to verse 12, and it says this, Then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. The man, Isaac, began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. For he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and a great number of servants. So the Philistines envied him. You know, everything happening would make you think that this is the wrong time to plant. He's in the middle of a famine. There's not much good going on right now. Everybody is going to a, com- a completely different kind of source. The, the, the wind, so to speak, the council maybe of the day is go down to Egypt and get help from Egypt. Go down and get help, get supplied, because that's where all the stuff is. And God stops Isaac from, from moving and from going down that path that everybody else is doing, just kind of just doing what seems right, what this is the normal. You could almost say uh, this is the common sense thing to do. You know, we so, so often just say, well, use your common sense. Well, let me just tell you, there, there's, there's worldly common sense and then there's godly common sense. Godly common sense says, seek first God. <laughs> seek God first and then do what he says to do. And so we see here, Isaac, Isaac is starting to go down a path and, and God tells him, don't. don't. Don't go down. In fact, stay in this land and I'm going to bless you in this land. And so Isaac does it. Isaac does exactly what God says. And then all of a sudden we see that he begins to plant in the time of famine where no one else is planting. And in the same year that Isaac planted, when no one else was planting, when it seemed like that's not the thing to do, but because God said to do it, said that he bore fruit. He became very prosperous. In fact, it says that he reaped in the same year. It's the same year, not 10 years later, but in the same year he reaped a hundredfold and began to prosper, continued to prosper until he became very prosperous. And then it this out. This is what I mean, right? The Bible saying this is what I mean by he became very prosperous and it lists out all the stuff that God blessed him with. You know, we're going after people. We're not going after things. We're going after people. And I believe that God wants us to plant this year, plant some things, begin to stretch out and go after some things that we've never gone after before. Maybe even in a season where most people would say, this isn't what, this, this isn't what we do. We've never done it like this. This isn't what any other church is doing. That's okay. Every church has its own assignment from God. And we have our assignment from God. And we have to do what we're being told to do. So we see this miracle take place with Isaac. All because of a word from God. And that's the point. Miracles take place because we obey the word of the Lord. It was miraculous. Listen, this, this, this planting and reaping in the same year, a hundredfold and becoming prosperous, continuing to prosper until he became very prosperous. It was miraculous because God said so, because God said to do something and Isaac obeyed. In Proverbs 16, 25, it says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Second Chronicles chapter 12, verse 14 says, Rehoboam did what was evil because he did not try to find the try to find the Lord's will. Listen, he did what was evil because he did not try to find the Lord's will. He didn't even make an effort to say, God, what are you saying? But in fact, he just did his own thing, did what, what, what he thought was right in his own eyes. And the Bible says that that was evil because he didn't even try to find God's will. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. 
In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. You know, in all of our ways, in every aspect, the big and the small and the in-between, lean not on your own understanding. You know, there's all kinds of things that if, if it were just left up to me, I would be making different decisions. And I'm so glad that throughout my life, I've learned not to lean on my own understanding. You know, our, our perspectives are so limited. We don't know what's coming up. And so we, we have to lean on what God is saying to do. You know, I, I really love, you know, in Hebrews chapter six, it says to imitate those who through faith and patience have inherited the promises of God. And there's no better place than to look in the word and see, well, what did men and women of God do in the Bible of, of times of old when, when they were faced with, with crisis or they were in a pivoted moment and, and, and when they were trying to figure out what to do and where to go, how did they make their decisions? And we see we see with Abraham that he, he heard a word from God to leave his, leave his home, leave where he was and go to a place that he didn't know to just follow God and that God was going to make his descendants great and God was going to give them a land. And because God, because Abraham believed God and heard God and did what he said, what happened? Man, the, even today, the children of Israel are in the land that God promised to Abraham. You know, Moses, because of a word from God, because he obeyed, because he he was, he, was, uh, he was led by the word of the Lord. The children of Israel were freed from Egypt and, and, and they, they began to, to know their God. They, they were freed from slavery. King David won battle after battle after battle. And you can even read it in the Psalms how he talks about how God teaches him how to battle. God has taught him to do it. We, we talked about it last week in different battles where he would inquire of the Lord and what would happen? He would win all the way to the point where when his son became king, when Solomon became king, the Bible says that, that Solomon had rest, that he had peace all around him. He had dominion all around him. He didn't, have to, he didn't have to fight. Why? Because his dad heard from God, inquired of the Lord, and knew exactly how to win battle after battle after battle. You know, my wife and I made, made this decision a long time ago, like I said earlier, to go based off of the word of the Lord, to make our decisions based off the word from God. You know, when, even when we moved back to Michigan, you know, from California and, and this, this role was presented to us and we felt like the Lord was saying, come and to come quickly. You know, the, the, the thought process was to take our time and to, to take our time getting out here and to let it be a slower transition. But we felt like God was saying, do it quickly. You have to make the move fast. And it was uncomfortable. It didn't make sense. But little did we know that just within a couple of months, the whole country would be shut down. Everything would shift. Everything would change. And moving during that season, trying to find a place to live, trying to connect with people, trying to, to, to jump into this new role as lead pastors, it, it would not have been smooth, would not have been good. So thankful that we heard from God and we did what God said. And we're walking in blessing. We're walking in favor. We're walking in grace right now because really because we did things even based up to the timing of the Lord to do it quickly, not to wait extra weeks like we were planning, but to speed up the process even though it didn't fully make sense. We have to do what God's saying to do. In Ecclesiastes 9.10, it says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. In other words, don't do it half-heartedly. Remember Peter, when he stepped out of the boat, when, when, when he said, Lord, if that's you, when he sees Jesus walking on the water and he says, Lord, if that's you, then, then tell me to come. And Jesus tells Peter to come. You don't see Peter kind of dipping his toes in the water to feel it out. No, Peter just leapt right out there. You know, Peter gets a bad rap for so many things, but, but Peter was never half-hearted about anything. And the Bible says that when God's saying to do something, to do it with all your might, when he's putting it in your hands, 
Go for it with everything you have. And that's what God is saying to us. Don't dip your feet in the water. Don't try it out. Don't try to plant and just kind of see what happens. Jump all in. Dive all in. And we're going to experience the fullness of God's blessing in this, I, I really believe. And so last week, you know, we talked about our mission. You know, the co-mission, really our mission is lined up with the great commission that Jesus called us to, which is to go out to all the world and preach the gospel to every creature and make disciples of all the nations. And so we saw even last week that our mission is still the same as it has been for the last 20 years, which is building solid lives. And we saw that in Luke chapter 6 when Jesus was talking about how to build a firm house or a house on a firm foundation so that when the storms of life beat against it, the, the house doesn't get washed away, doesn't get broken down, and that house represents a life. And so as a church, this is our aim. This is our mission is to help people build solid lives, help them. And we, we do this based off Luke 6 by helping them come to Jesus on a regular basis and hear what he's saying and then help them to do it, teach them how to do it, encourage them how to do it, uh, build their faith to do it, that if they will do it, that, that, that God will bless them. And so just like that's our mission for individuals, we have to live that out as a church too. When God is saying to do something, we're coming to him, we're hearing him. And when he says to do something, we're going to do it. We're going to jump right into it. So last week we talked about our, our mission, but this week I want to talk to us about our vision. I want to talk to us about our vision. And there's, there's going to be two points that I give us this week. And so our, it's, one point is going to be our long-term vision. And the second point is going to be our short-term vision. But before I share that, what our, what our vision is for this new season and what we're going after as a church, I want to read Luke chapter 5, starting in verse 1. It says, So it was as the multitude pressed about him, meaning pressed about Jesus, pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a, for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their, night, or, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And, and so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. I want to just look right here at, at verse 4 real quick again. It says, When he had stopped speaking, so when Jesus stopped speaking. He was using Simon's boat. When he stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And after that, they caught a massive amount of fish. They've been toiling all night. You know, nighttime was the best time to fish. And the daytime was not the time to, to fish. These are professional fishermen. They know what they're doing. And yet, because Simon used or allowed Jesus to use his stuff, to use his boat, Simon partnered with Jesus. Jesus didn't just take advantage of it. Jesus blessed Simon for it. 
He, 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 he partnered with Simon right back. I believe that that's what God would want to do with all of us is that as we partner with him, as we use our, our, uh, our resources, our homes, or just our, our lives, or our connections, our job, our, per, our place of influence, that as we present ourselves, so to speak, and partner with God, he's going to bless us right back. But, but notice it was, it was once, he, once he partnered with Jesus, then Jesus said, now let down your, your net for a catch. You know that, in other words, that thing that you've been trying to do all this time, all this night, that you haven't been able to, which is to catch a, a ton of fish, I'm going to cause you to catch a ton of fish right away, and you don't have to toil this time. I believe that's what God is saying to us. We're, we're, we're done with toiling. We're done with, with trying so hard to, to reach our city, to reach our area for people but, or for Jesus, but, but he's saying, no, 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 do what I'm telling you to do in this season, and I'm going to cause you to, to reap. I'm going to cause you to catch a ton of people, to, to bring a ton of people into, into the kingdom. And, you know, I'm praying, I'm believing for revival here in Kalamazoo, and whatever God says to do, I want to do it. I want to do it. When Jesus gives us direction, listen, when Jesus gives us direction, his power goes into operation. When he gives us direction, his power goes into operation when we partner with him. And when we partner with him, we benefit too. You know, God's going to cause us to reach so many people that we won't have enough room on our campus to, to facilitate them. I, I really believe that God is going to cause us to reach so many people that we won't have enough room on our, on our campus. This is partly why we need houses. We need multiple facilities for, for God to, to use, for us to have in order to facilitate all the people that are going to be coming into the kingdom through our church. I believe that God's going to cause us to be blessed personally as we partner with him too. So what's our long-term vision? Point number one, our long-term vision is this, to be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. And, and this is what it looks like. For our church, fruitful speaks of things like salvations, baptisms, disciples, team members, attendees. We, we, want, we want as many people saved, we want as many people baptized, we want to disciple as many people as, as possible. We want people using their gifts and their graces, their callings to start stepping out and, and walking out the life that God has given them. We want people coming into our campuses, we want people coming into our house churches, we want people coming online and viewing. We want as many people coming, not for me, not for man's sake, not so that we can feel good, but... There, there's, there's many people that are struggling right now. There's many people that are broken right now, and God wants to heal them. God wants to save them. God wants to bring wholeness to them. And so that's, that's what fruitful speaks to us as a church. But multiply speaks of things like disciples discipling others. So in other words, it's, it's not just the pastor's up on stage or on video that's doing the ministry. No, 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 we all have giftings. We all have ministries. We're all disciples, and all of us are discipling others, disciples discipling others, leaders raising up leaders, outreach into our community launch, not just from the campus, but from every house church. House churches planting new house churches. So they're, they're not just staying stagnant or just staying there, but, but house churches are growing and people are coming into house churches and they get a call of God on their life to start their own church. And, and it's just like rapid fire, just, a, uh, just going constantly until we reach the whole community. Movements of house churches. This, is what I, this, this almost sounds kind of out of control, but this is what multiplication really looks like. This is our long-term vision is that we, we want to be fruitful and multiply. And then number two, our short-term vision in this coming season right now is to plant as many house churches as possible. We really believe that this is the word of the Lord for us. 
We want to plant as many house churches as possible. And, and once we have planted and as we're planting all these house churches, we want to launch our outreach and multiplication plan. We want to, right now in this season, God is, God is telling us to plant. And, a, and as we plant these house churches, as we step out on faith and maybe do what's uncomfortable, do what we haven't done before, as we make some personal sacrifices possibly, we're going to reach our city. And, and, and as we plant out, we'll begin to multiply and we'll begin to, to reach out to the city and, and bring practical help, practical solutions to people. And, you know, really the most practical solution is Jesus. But that's what we're going to do. And so here's what I want us to do today. I want to invite you, and I'm inviting you to partner with us, invite, invite you to partner with us in reaching Kalamazoo for Jesus. And, and, and here's, you know, one of the questions that someone might ask is, well, where do I start? How do I do this? Well, obviously, you know, the one thing that you can do for sure is you can start getting more information about how to plan or how to be a part of a house church, and, and you can click on the link that's below or, or, or go to therockkalamazoo.com, and, and we'll have a place for you where you can click on house churches, and, and we'll walk you through. We'll train you how to be a house church leader. We'll train you how to teach. Pastor Jerry, our senior pastor, has, has made a ton of resources available to help every person uh, lead and minister at a high, high quality and be fruitful. But the other thing that you can do is you can start with your family. You can start with your friends. Start with your circle. Who do you know? Who do you have in your life that you can begin getting together with and, and watching the services or, or, or having church together or talking about Jesus or praying with or sharing God's love with them? Join a house church and help it grow and multiply and maybe even start your own. This is what God's calling to us right now in this season is to plant. Plant as many house churches. And if you're sitting in a house church right now or you're sitting online, maybe by yourself, and you're, you're trying to figure out, can I do this? Yes, you can. If God is calling you, yes, you can. And in fact, I want to take a, a few moments right now and, and I want us to, to pray and ask the Holy Spirit two things. What are you saying to me in, in terms of my part? What's, what's my part to play in this vision? And what are you saying to me personally? Is this the time to plant? And what, what are you calling me to plant? What are you calling me to, to reach out towards? What are you calling me to launch out into? So we're going we're gonna to pray right now. And in fact, I'm going to pray for you. And then we're going we're gonna to come back and we're going we're gonna to close the service out. So let me, let me pray for you right now. Father, I thank you for every person watching right now. Every person that's sitting down or standing or listening to this message. I thank you that you have a great plan for them, God. That you've called them for good works. You've created them for good works is what your Bible says. It's what your word says. And God, I, I ask you by your spirit that you would speak right now. I speak to every heart, vision, come alive. Holy Spirit, bring insight, give pictures, increase faith right now that you can do what could possibly even seem impossible you can do it in their life. And God, I pray that as we answer the call to plant, to go after what you're telling us to do, to jump out of the boat in a sense and begin to walk on water, plant these house churches that you would bless, that your hand would be on our ministry. And that as we do what we tell you to do, that we would begin to see fruitfulness and multiplication and begin to see our city changed because of you. God, I pray that as we do what you're telling us to do, that we would see the crime rate come down dramatically, 
that we would see poverty levels come down dramatically, that we would see families and the homes restored, that we would see mental illness be broken off of people and minds healed and restored by your power and by your might. God, that we would begin to see men and women of, uh, raised up and walking out their callings, God. I thank you that there's many pastors, future pastors, I should say, that are watching right now. God, you've called them regardless of what's happened in their life. Yeah, and I just sense that for some of you that, that maybe there's some condemnation right now. That, that maybe you're even thinking, yeah, but I did this or, or I've been living like this. And God is saying, hey, right now, I'm calling you to a fresh start. I'm calling you to, to new life. I'm calling you to partnership with me. He's the one that restores you. He's the one that makes you whole. And so just I pray right now for, for righteous consciousness <laughs> in the name of Jesus. Speak to us, Holy Spirit. 